Our first scripture comes from the book of Malachi, or as my pastor says, Maliachi. The third chapter, the eighth through the twelfth verses. Listen for this word from God. Will anyone rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how are we robbing you? In your tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house, and thus put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the windows of heaven for you 
and poured down for you an overflowing blessing. I will rebuke the locusts for you so that you will not destroy, they will not destroy the produce of your soil, and your vine in the field shall not be barren, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will count you happy, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. And Jesus is speaking in a, in a series in Matthew 23 called the Woe Statements, as in woe to you, wicked sinner. And he says this, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin, expensive stuff, and you have neglected the weightier matters of the law. Justice, mercy, and faith. It is these you ought to have practiced without neglecting the others. You blind guides, you strain out the gnat, but swallow the camel. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, I had somebody tell me during the week this week, really liking this series you're doing on stewardship and money. It's really good, but I can't wait till you get back to your regular preaching. I believe that's what they call a sideways compliment. So I want to tell you, we're going to talk about the tithe today. Because I don't think we can talk about stewardship without talking about the tithe. It is that significant in the Bible. And then next week, we're going to talk about the blessings of giving. Why do we do this? Not just out of obligation, but as you saw in this text, the Lord will provide for you. No locusts on your crops, your vines will grow. If you were a farmer, you'd be jumping up and down right now. All the nations will know that you are blessed because you give to me, says the Lord. Okay, so we're going to talk about the blessing. And then I'm going back to my regular preaching. Okay? Because then... We are going to have people join the church. We're going to have two people get baptized. It's exciting stuff. So, we're going to talk about the tithe today. After last week, I'm seeing that none of you are doing this. So apparently it went well. Stick with me just for a little bit longer on this stuff about money. The tithe is a concept, just like sacrificial giving, it is a very easy concept to understand. It is a very hard concept to actually enact. You sit down with your monthly budget or daily annual budget or whatever you have and you start to look and you think where can I find 10% to give to God 
And many of you say, I can't find 10% to give to God. I'm 20% in the hole. We are a nation who lives on debt. Look up sometime what the average credit card holder owes. It's thousands and thousands of dollars. Heck, for that matter, the average Nebraskan spends $662 a year on lottery tickets. I don't know how that compares to a tenth of their income, but it's probably close or even over the average income. It's just hard to do. And it's especially hard to do when you think, well, if I'm giving my tithe, which is to go to God, to the church, what the heck is the church doing with it? I don't know. We have a building that is a block wide. At this point in the life of this church, over 500 people from our community a week come in and out of this building for things like scouts and Girl Scouts and recovery programs. We hope soon to be using this space for a preschool for little children to address the horrendous problem of daycare in our community. The waiting list for daycare in our community is over 200 students. It is well known amongst childbearing age people that the minute that your obstetrician says you're going to have a little one, you better get your name on a list for daycare. That's how this building is used. You say, well, I don't want my 10% to go to electric bill. Okay, well, do you want to sit here in the dark? Nobody wants that. And it pays salaries. And we have a mission commission that gives away to our community $20,000 a year, which is a lot. And we give $10,000 a year to Laughlin Chapel, Presbyterian-related mission in our community. And we give $6,000 a year away to missionaries who help college students who have never known about Jesus find salvation. And in that $36,000 a year, we as a community of faith give away not 10%. It's not 10%. It's even hard for us as a church to do a tithe. But it is all over, particularly the Old Testament. Give a tithe. Give a tithe. Give a tithe. Give a tithe. And then do you know what the Lord says after saying give a tithe? The Lord says, and I will bless you. And I will bless you. And I will bless you.
I'm going to ask my friend Scott Winter. I was going to ask John Calcaruth to do this, but Calcaruth have been away, and he's not been here for a while, so I didn't know if he'd be here. So I'm going to ask my friend Scott Winters to come up here. Understand this. First of all, Scott Winters is an exceptionally good sport. Okay? Because I would not ask all of you to come up here and be a sermon illustration. But I will ask that of Scott Winters. The other thing I want you to know about Scott Winters is several times since I've been here at Vance, I've had people, my colleagues from the Presbytery, call me and say, one of my members is having trouble with blah, blah, blah. And blah, blah, blah is some sort of business or legal-related matter. And they say, because you're at Vance, you might know somebody who could help. And there are a couple of three people probably that I call to get help in matters like that. And I call them because they're smart, they know the community, they know how to be helpful to people who might not be as fortunate as we are. And they have some ethics. Scott and I serve on a, a board, a, community, a social service agency board together. The reason I'm on that board is because he said, I need somebody, I'm on the finance committee, he said, I need somebody who can read a budget report and still have a heart. He put Scott on that board because he needs somebody who knows building and property and still has a heart. That's this guy, okay? There aren't a whole lot of people in the world that I think more highly of than Scott Winters. So I want you to tell us what you did for a living for most of your career. Because I know at one point you were a teacher in the 70s when you had this big mustache and you worked with Lynn Exley and she had hair down to her knees and she wore these big bell-bottom pants that were the wrong, the stripes went the wrong direction and all that stuff. But... For most of your, your career? Most of my career, I was in the mechanical contracting business, and that was for 40 years. Mm-hmm. And I'm mostly retired. Mm-hmm. And now I work for Joanne. You work for Joanne. Good. <laughs> at, at least you've learned your place, finally. Good. Absolutely. Um, note, too, that every time we talk about money, Scott always says Joanne has the credit card, so we respect that. Memorized. <laughs> memorized. Has a memorized. Good. Um, but you, were, you worked for a local business here. Right. You were the CEO of that business. Right. Tell us about that business. Are they, are they floundering now? Are they in real trouble? I mean, lots of businesses are having trouble with COVID and all that kind of stuff. Tell us about your business. No, they're doing well, and they have a group of people that, uh, that came along, and they're wonderful guys, and mm-hmm. they're just carrying on. Mm-hmm. And how many, about how many people does that business employ? It varies probably anywhere from 80 to 120. 80 to 100 employees is a, is a big business. It's good business. Mm-hmm. You make a profit in that business? Yes. Your kids, when they were growing up, all had shoes and stuff? They did, and they, they had toothbrushes. And yeah, you provided <laughs> a good living. <laughs> right. Right? Right. right. And I, I think, think so. most of your guys who work for you provide a good living for their, their families. Yes. You're able yes. to do that. So... We could say that you ran a successful business. Is that fair? 
Yeah, I really didn't run the business. We had one fellow who really took care of that, the business side of it. Mm -hmm. But I was, you know, very much involved in it mm -hmm. for 40 years. But you the, were the CEO the of a successful yeah. business. Yeah. That's fair to yeah. say. Yeah. So it's fair to say that you're a pretty good businessman. Could we say that? Fair. 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 You're okay. You're a pretty fair businessman. So a pretty fair businessman. I got a deal for you today. Oh boy. Okay. Oh boy. I got a deal for you. <laughs> I'm holding in my hand ten crisp, clear fifty dollar bills. Right. Now I got a deal for you. Okay. You can have all of this, <laughs> but you have to give me this. Deal. <laughs> See you later. All right. <laughs> you can sit down. You're a good businessman. I get, we, we made a deal. Yeah, see, Cal Carith, you're sorry. You went on vacation now, aren't you? <laughs> That's what God is doing for us. I give you all the world, says the Lord. All you have to do is give me a tenth back. In this instance, for 50 bucks, Scott got 450 bucks. Now here, here, yeah, here's where some of that breaks down for some of us. First of all, it's hard for us to believe that we have 10% somewhere in our own budgets to give. Trust me, if you look, you will find it. The other thing that's hard to believe is the reason that that deal worked is because those dollars that I was holding in my hand, Scott knew were mine. If he had tried to take them all, that wouldn't be part of the deal. See, we think we own what we have. We really don't. All that we have is God's. God doesn't just provide creation for us and its beauty. God provides us with things like a mind so that we can be educated. A heart so that we can know how to give. The home that we have God has found a way to provide for us. Our stuff, God provides. When all the people that the Bible was talking about and to were farmers, God says, I'll take care of your fields. Because they're mine anyway. Well, now that we are mechanical engineers and musicians... And whatever else, God still says, I'll take care of your 
business, all your business. And do you think, as the owner of all we have, that God could not insist on us giving it all back whenever God wanted to? Of course. But our God is kind and generous and says, just give me a portion, just a little bit. Give me a tenth. That's what a tithe is, friends. It's not a hard concept to grasp. It's a hard thing to do. And some of you say things like, well, we take a tenth of our income, we give a little bit to the church, and then we give a little bit to this social service agency and and this organization that helps people and this ministry over here. Great! Who's arguing? Most people in our world now do that. The average Presbyterian only gives about 2% of our income to the church. Betsy's sitting here. She's the director of development or something or other. You're the communications director, but you work with the development director at YSS. She's going to say, you give a little bit of your tithe to us? Thanks. Now let me tell you the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that we serve in your community most of whom are children and youth. There's nothing wrong with that. Now let me tell you one other thing about tithing. The concept that you need to understand is tithing is giving a tenth of what you have. When it talks in the Bible from a biblical sense about tithes and offerings, offering is that which is above a tithe that you give. We think of offerings as, oh, there's a little bit in my... I got some pennies in my change purse, and I'll throw that in, and that'll be my offering. Biblically speaking, that's not what an offering is. Biblically speaking is once you have given a tithe, you give some more, and that's an offering. That's incredible. Because biblically speaking, we're asked to give... When we're asked to give tithes and offerings, we're asked to give more than 10%. Again, it's an easy concept to grasp. It's a hard thing to do. And all I'm going to say to you today and leave with you today is, think about that. Knowing that there are literally tens of passages in the Bible that encourage us to tithe. And knowing that Jesus talked more about money than almost any subject he addressed. Just think about it. That's all I'm going to say. No guilt, no pain, no nothing. Just think about it.